And then he said, don't wish it was easier, wish you were better. Don't wish for less problems, wish for more skills. I can't catch a break, guys. Yeah. Get them the fuck away from me. I can't, I can't be around those guys. People think, oh well, cleaning your room, that's just a cliche. It's like, yeah, really, eh? Just go ahead and try it. If people had any idea how powerful sleep is for healing from anything, and the fact that it's free. My mind is absolutely bulletproof, solid as a rock. Bon giorno. So uh, today, guys, we're going to be talking about health and fitness fads and uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly about them. So uh, first, I think we should maybe list off some of the possible uh, fads that we're going to talk about. So number one, I think uh, vegan, carnivore, uh, intermittent fasting. Any other ones you have? No. That's it. Vegan, carnivore, and intermittent. There's also uh, like fruitarians and all that sort of stuff as well, pescatarian. There's little different diets that you can jump on. Then there's all the fitness ones. We've got like um, hit training. Then we've got, uh, I think skipping was one. At one point, loads of ropes came out. Uh, what other fads were there? There's all like running fads, all that sort of stuff. But anyway, we're going to talk about uh, first carnivore. That's what I think is a good one. So what do you think about carnivore, Brandon? I think carnivore is actually definitely very interesting. But I feel like, again, I feel like some of the things that you said there aren't exactly fads, but I understand what you're saying when you say that. But I feel like carnivore exclusively could be a fad, but it also is, uh, you know, a strong dietary choice as well. So again, like you could 100% sustain yourself on just meat is what you would be what like, like for toxic, like there's people who have survived for years and years on just meat products and have little to no side effects. But then obviously all the, nutrition literature we've read so it would say it's like well what about your you know your fiber and your microvitamins and your your well it's maybe maybe just your micro microvitamins that you're going to get from plants and again it's like yeah is, is that is that a sustainable is that a sustainable route um, and it's definitely picking up popularity but one thing's for sure is it's going to be very very hard to get overweight on a carnivore diet and mm-hmm. it's going to be very very easy to hit your protein yeah, yeah. So uh, I think uh, it's important to say that, you know, there are pros to some of these diets. Um, like the carnivore diet, again, I don't do it personally myself, but um, the people that I have seen do it online all seem to be doing pretty well with it. It seems to help them lose weight really quickly. They seem to get better skin. They seem to get a load of different uh, benefits of it. But um, they do restrict those other food groups out of their system as well. And they're probably in the state of ketosis, probably in the ketogenic um I don't know how the ketogenic state, um, but it's not very social. Uh, it will leave you to, uh, like, let's say, if you had to go out with your friends or anything like that, there you couldn't uh, have like uh, a big meal when you go out. You need to be a little bit more restrictive, and that's not good necessarily for a variety of foods in your diet. True. Yeah, and obviously, if you're stuck eating meat the whole time it's going to be quite boring. Yeah, so that's it. one of the things. I heard uh, Jordan Peterson talking about it once, and he was saying, uh, you know, like you'd have sparkling water with it, and uh, he was like, it matters. Like if you had cold water or if you had warm water or if you had sparkling water, it's like when everything's so, when you eat meat all the time just like that, it's um, it can be so boring that like whatever water you're drinking is really, really important in terms of variety because it's so restrictive. Yeah. And um, what, what do you think about that compared to vegan? 
good question. There is essential fatty acids and essential amino acids. And mm -hmm. essential fatty acids and essential amino acids are essential because your body can't make them. So obviously there is amino acids and fatty acids that your body can make and it doesn't need to take them in from an outside source. And in terms of essential amino acids, generally speaking, most vegetables or plant sources don't have a full profile of amino acids. And mm -hmm. so you need to do what you call supplementary value. Uh, you, you, you need you basically need a supplement like you need a pair i actually believe it or not i think actually like beans and toast would be a good example it's like you know you're missing uh, the lysine or arginine from one or the other and so when you put them together now you've got a full profile meal essentially mm -hmm. so you have to do a little bit more juggling with the vegan diet and then there is also the argument that not all protein is as bioavailable so just because for talk's sake there's 20 grams of protein in a plant food or a source that you're eating you might only be able to absorb 12 or 18 or 15 or whatever it is depending on the person maybe maybe you know it's it's more bioavailable from gut biome to gut biome because they have the thing that it takes to break it down whereas the other person mm -hmm. might not and so you know there's multiple reasons as to why it could be more difficult to sustain health long term but you're also getting I think, I think that's really important i think that's a really important point like a uh, your genetic profile does have play a big factor into what foods you tolerate, what foods you don't tolerate, what you do well on, what you don't do well on. Um, like someone could do really, really well on a vegan diet and they have the genetic makeup to actually do that, but then some people might not. And it's, it's it can be just random. It usually comes down to a, you know, basically who your parents are and what sort of ethnicity they are, where they come from. If they were from, let's say, you know, uh, the uh, equatorial line or if they're born up a little bit higher, there's a lot of stuff like that where, um, with milk, those people are lactose intolerant, but usually people who are born uh, north, like closer to the poles, they usually do better uh, tolerating it because their ancestors basically tolerated it for much longer than they have the genetic profile too. Interesting, yeah, that's, that's, that's very interesting. And, yeah, and so what's, 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 what's the, any, any idea what the, this, the, the intolerances are up there versus down by the equator? Uh, I am not sure. I think uh, there is something to be said about carbohydrate, um, like carbohydrate or metabolism. So basically, a parent, I'm not 100% sure on the science behind this, but um, usually people who are born closer to the equator metabolize carbohydrates a lot better than people who are born closer to the, um, to the poles. And then there is also a thing where um, I think Asian people, uh, Asian people, there's a certain percentage can't process alcohol very well. Um, they have like basically an allergic reaction to it and their face goes all flush and they it basically gives them like an allergic response to it, which is pretty interesting too. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And so, yeah, back, back to the vegan thing. So obviously again, it's like, why, why did the vegan fad come around? And obviously it came around because most people are kind of concerned about being a little more ethical and, mm -hmm. you know, in, in, in some ways, same with, with, with carnivores, like they're, they're trying to be more like they're, they're working towards a goal. You know, it's like, if you're looking to be a carnivore, you know, you're probably, you probably feel like this is closer to your nature, you know, in, in some regards. And with the vegans, they probably feel like that's closer to their nature. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, well, and it, they'll have the argument that it's healthier for you as well. Like both sides think that one, one is healthier. I think the vegans would say would be on the side of uh, they think it's more ethical because they're not killing animals. Um, I would stand pretty strongly on the side that like, I don't think that's a very good argument, but I could be wrong. But I definitely did hear, like, obviously, in order to grow crops and do mono mono cropping, um, mono crop agriculture, 
you know, you basically have to destroy some kind of ecosystem. You know? Yeah, you have to eliminate all bioavail or biodiversity in a certain area for one. For yeah, one well, thing. That, there's there's really bad palm trees, I think, in South America. There's like massive, massive amounts of rainforests being cut down, destroyed just to be um, palm tree farms, which is yeah, like. And again, that's to do it at scale. That's the issue. The issue, the yeah. issue with anything is that once you start doing it at scale, it does become an issue. And especially, obviously, as the world is segregated and, you know, we don't, we don't necessarily rely on different cultures you know, as well as we could for different things. Like, oh, you, you guys do the meat, you know, we'll do the vegetables. You know, it's kind of like, you know, everybody's just trying to make the best of whatever land they got and trying to feed their own from within and then obviously export whatever surplus that they have and this kind of stuff that, you know, it's not a perfect system. And so it is very, very hard to find the exact right thing. And then when you do go closer to the exact right thing, it becomes very expensive. Like, and so in terms of like organic and treating animals well, and, you know, maybe not monocrop agriculture, you know, maybe it would cost a bigger farm and more people to maintain it and stuff. So then the price goes up, so then the demand isn't as high because you're just getting undercut by the cheaper thing. Like it is very, very hard. I, I don't, I don't discredit anybody who tries to be more ethical you know, if, if, if that's the reason that you're trying to do it. But at the same time, you just kind of have to understand that there generally is very rarely, uh, uh, a, you know, a very one-sided picture. It's generally, you know, very hard. Like, for example, like how many how many animals have to die for you to be, you know, uh, a carnivore? And you say, well, that's not great. You know, it's like, how many animals have yes. to die for you to grow your crops? Oh, well, that's not great either. You know, how many people had to, you know, be displaced in their homes in, in the Amazon because of, it's very very hard just to kind of get a, a a clean a clean slate yeah no you're not there's i don't think there's a way i don't think there's a way to do it unless um if you have chickens if you have a little chickens you can get eggs eggs are pretty i think eggs are pretty ethical um, especially if you have your own chickens and you look after your your chickens and then you could grow your own vegetables and you could live off eggs and vegetables but then the the hens are all, probably eating all the bugs in the garden as well Probably, I, I actually did see. I was going to say, I was going to push back in there and say about you know growing your own vegetables. I seen a very, very cool thing. It's like a vertical garden now mm-hmm. that you know that you basically grow up. Because obviously, my first thing was thinking, well, well, everybody can't grow their own vegetables, but it's like if we grew up instead of growing out, it's like that's actually a very interesting solution now. And 100, it's like that. But again, sorry, just obviously, I know we're talking about carnivore and vegan and that kind of stuff. So just to kind of come back to that, I feel like again, all the stuff that we have learned from precision nutrition obviously been the you know the, the gold standard for us is is balance you know it's like you should eat meat but you should also eat plants you know and so again it's like we i feel like a lot of this podcast is going to come back to you know a happy medium but also i've never tried the carnivore diet so i can't say for myself it's bad i've never tried vegan either because i just couldn't be arsed to be honest um, and <laughs> I, really, I really like meat and i really like animal products i like cheese i like eggs i like fish i like meat i like it all i don't see why you'd go without it and also a big part of me just kind of like you know it's like do i really want to just sacrifice all that you know it's like when everybody else is doing it as well yeah like, yeah that's I, the... I, what is that going to make to the you know the, the animal produce produce of the world but it's thinking like that it's like if everybody thought the other way it would work but everybody's not going to so i might as well jump in well i wonder like what, what do you think would happen to the world if everyone turned carnivore It depends how to turn carnivore. Like, are we talking factory farming, or are we talking, you know, trying to create ecosystems? Well, that, that's what I'm asking. Like, what do you think would happen? Do you think we'd develop more factory farms? Do you think yeah. um, we would become more ethical about it since more people would care about it? Do you think um, it would get better or worse? Like, what impact would it have on the environment? 
I feel like there would. I feel like both would happen. I feel like there would also there would definitely be. Yeah, there would there yeah. would be both more amazing ecosystems for you to get organic meat from, and also factory farms mm-hmm. ramped up, so there would be far more animal suffering. Yeah. yeah. But but I but I also think like I also think obviously that wouldn't happen because you know people people don't want it. Not everybody wants to eat carnivore. Not everybody has even just not ethically. Not everybody likes meat. Like Chloe just does not like meat. She's just not a big big meat eater. My 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 fiance, you know, some people out there just don't like the flavor. Don't like the taste of it. Some people don't like rice. Some people don't like pasta. Some people don't like bananas. It's like people yeah. are different. The variety is so good for for people to have because again, not everything suits everyone. What do you what do you think about the there's a new thing that I've seen online I'm not sure if you've seen it but it's about people going on about uh, vegetables and explaining that vegetables are bad for you because they have a lot of defense chemicals in them mm. and like like these yeah. are not it's not like fruit you know like fruit is trying like necessary fruit is trying to be eaten so the seeds can get but yeah, like yeah. plants if you have broccoli there's a lot of defense chemicals in that that are trying to basically like give you inflammation and make you feel worse have you yeah, have you seen that that is very interesting. I also heard, I think a long time ago, and I'm not sure from who, but I I heard that that is nearly some of the benefits that you get from yeah. vegetables. That's what, that, that would be my argument. Because even when they release their stressor, it's not so much of a stressor that does you damage. It's like exercise is just a bit of micro damage that your body adapts to and then overcomes and creates a defense response. It's like a one-up day. You, you tuck my piece, I tuck two of yours, you know? And so it's yeah. kind of like that's that's part of the benefit, I thought. Um, but again, maybe for some people, it causes drastic inflammation and their bodies aren't evolved to tolerate it. Yeah, well, again, some people can't eat gluten. Some people can't eat nuts. Yeah, some people, if they inhale the air around a nut, will have an anaphy- go into anaphylactic shock, which is... This is why, again, making these broad sweeping statements, and that's why I don't like extreme diets generally, but it's also why I'm not against them. It's like, if, you, if all meat suits you all the time, go nuts. It's like... Mm. And then also, if we take it on past the point, like I feel like we've got very airy fairy with our diets in today's day and age. It's like, like what if you just ate for health? You know, it's like, 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 like what if you really like strip away all the social nonsense and stuff that we eat and all the oh treat myself and this kind of stuff. If we just ate for health, it's like what 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 do you think would be the best diet for you to eat? It would probably just be meat, fish, eggs, vegetables, honey. Fruit. Fruit. That's it. It's like so yeah. all the extra bullshit would go away. Like I would maybe include like like obviously include like potatoes and rice. Like mm-hmm. probably probably not pasta, probably not bread. You know, it's like it's just too too processed. I think I, I think I'd still include bread. I think bread's to get I think bread is villainized loads. I think bread's bread's pretty good. Especially like like it like so I think um the reason why I think these fads are bad Sorry, sorry, sorry. Just as you say that, now we're kind of shifting into just to frame it. Now we're kind of shifting into the no carb kind of territory, or or even high or high carb territory. Yeah. So uh, I think there's like if we look at if we look at uh, nutrition as uh, as like individual macros and being like we're eliminating this, we're eliminating that. It's like we we're not really taking into consideration how all this stuff works together. So Mm. like if we are building a plate, okay, and I have uh, just protein on it. Well, then I don't get the like insulin spike. I don't get the energy spike from the carbohydrates in it. So I don't have any vegetables. So I don't get the micronutrients in it. If I don't have any fat, well, then I don't get um, that extra satiety that I would get from having extra fat in it. Does that make sense? Like you need, if you have like a balanced meal, a balanced meal is basically, Joe, 
a portion of protein, a portion of carbohydrates, maybe two portions if you're really active, a portion of vegetables, and then a little bit of fat. That's like your perfect meal. Do you know what I mean? The sandwich. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. So like you got your carbs, your protein, you put a little bit of salad on that as well. So when you have your butter or your mayo or whatever fat you want, I mean, it's like, it's absolutely excellent. Like a chicken sandwich is probably, I would say, one of the best things that you could eat. Chicken sandwich. Well, well, again, it depends on what you're putting on it. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, I think like it, context is also really important as well. Like what the, what your life is like, what the energy demands are you have are um to what your genetic makeup is like it's very i think nutrition is very very and needs to be very individualized say your needs your goals like i think this comes back to what is good nutrition like what is good nutrition good nutrition helps you look and feel your best it helps you um meet your goals and you feel satisfied with your meals and you're happy you don't feel restricted that's what good nutrition is and if you aren't hitting all those boxes when it's like there's areas that you could improve in and if one of those areas is like you're not satisfied with your meals like we need to change it to be like you could be hitting all your goals, you could be hitting your energy needs and all that sort of stuff, but be miserable eating your fucking. I just get a bad rap. I don't think it's that. Bad. I know. I know what you're gonna say. Yeah. Fucking rice. Like I know that gets a bad rap, but like if you have like chicken, rice, and broccoli, John, you're sitting there eating it and you're miserable. You but it's helping you to hit your boiled chicken, boiled rice, and boiled broccoli. That is disgusting. But if you have like grilled seasoned chicken. Like rice that's perfectly cooked, maybe cooked in a bit of stock, and mm-hmm. broccoli that's been sauteed with garlic. I mean, that's a completely different meal. So I get what you mean. It's like, you know, yeah, there's layers to this thing. Yeah, exactly. You could buy like that same meal, you could turn it into a stir fry. 100%. So, like, I mean, stir fry is very nice to get a little bit of oyster but sauce. Also, you could turn that meal into a stir fry and fuck it up and it's still disgusting. So it's like your cooking yeah. skill is massively important for whether or not you're going to enjoy your meals. And that's that's a key element too. And so one thing I would say, obviously, now we're kind of coming like into that side of things. That's one of the issues with vegan diets and carnivore diets is obviously it's like most people don't enjoy them. So they can't really stick to them. And that's why mm-hmm. they come into that fad category for me is that they're going to fade out because most people aren't going to be able to sustain them long term same again it's one of the reasons why the chicken broccoli and rice is getting such a bad rap because again people just kind of they they, they go away from it they, it is a fad because it's not sustainable and so where we come in and we start coaching people is like right well what is the diet for you like what how much nice food can you fit around the stuff that you should be eating to move you towards your goals and that's the approach that i work with with people all year it's like right let's get out the pen let's get out the paper and let's find out what works for you and then again we kind of touched on it a little bit is the keto thing you know every every once in a while someone kind of throws up the idea for keto and the studies behind keto ketosis um, and fasting and maybe carnivore in that in that regard you know it's like there's massive benefits to it that aren't just um you know fat loss obviously or it's like you know it's like ketosis like keeping your body in its natural state of no food coming in, utilizing the fuel that it already has, you know, starting to kind of get your brain ready for a hunt or starting to kind of tune out all the nonsense and right, let's get serious and let's let's really focus on the task at hand here. It's like that kind of approach brought in simply by your diet is massively important. And there's lots and lots of studies. And again, I don't have the studies to hand, I'm in the middle of the podcast, but I'm pretty sure that if you look up 
ketosis and inflammation, ketosis and fat loss, ketosis and nearly any problem that a human being could have, you're going to see positive. What is that? Ketosis solves all the problems. But it, no, it's but not that it solves it, but it can definitely be a, a massive help because of like the fact that we just absolutely ram pack our diet full of sugar and fat and alcohol and convenience foods. That when you just step away from all that for a wee while, it has a healing effect because you're not actively doing damage through your nutrition. Yeah, but yeah. the issue is that's not sustainable for most people. And so again, goodbye. Keto diet. So, so I think um, it should be important to define sustainable as well, because like I feel like everyone is looking for that, you know, that key. This, what is sustainable? You know, like I wouldn't recommend it. Like, it's not very sustainable, is it? Like, what do you mean by sustainable? Yeah, that's a good question. So, for me, sustainable means sustainable for a six to twelve week period. To be honest, um, and that's obviously going to that's going to change for different people because what I what I really believe and what I do with my my nutrition is it's cyclical. It's like like I'm not going to be super hard on my diet 52 weeks out of the year, but it's like I might go for a six or 12 week stretch and then t- maybe take two or three weeks off that are a lot more lax. But hopefully in that six to 12 week period, I've built and ingrained some good habits that are going to stick around during the off season. And then again, we take an off season just so we can kind of focus on our things, not be too you know, uptight about your nutrition and kind of relax again, have that mental break. And then again, go back into something else. Like I would a hundred percent be up, for doing uh, a carnivore diet, a no carb diet, uh, fast, um, probably not vegan. To be fair, I'm, I really do like I really do like meat. I'm very sorry to any vegans listening. Um, like, but like for the most diets, like I'm up for trying and challenge myself with most things. But I just feel like, what are you saying? What What are you thinking? What's wrong? I I just I want to see a video of you going vegan then and how you struggle with it. I want to see a video diary every single day. I just kind of feel like I feel like like to be honest I don't really love vegetables like I don't love vegetables I do like carbs and I do like fruit but I just feel like I couldn't do, I could because of just my my kind of my likes and dislikes I don't feel like I could do the diet justice and I kind of feel like I'd end up supplementing a lot lot more you know it would be I feel like it'd be really tedious to try and hit my my macros maybe I, maybe I will do it but fine maybe I will do it maybe I'll challenge myself and try and understand a little bit but i feel like again i feel That's like the, i was smiling i knew i i just even ask you to talk yourself into it because it's a challenge i just feel like i just you feel like again it's, it's important to kind of try and incorporate the habits long term to make yourself a ro- more robust nutritioner you know if that's a word but i feel like um, i feel like if you're taking on more than you can chew well then it's not, it's not you're, you're, and you just end up quitting not because you decided to quit but because you fell away from it because you couldn't maintain it it's like well then it's not sustainable yeah that's it you can't keep sustainable to me just means you can keep it up and keep it up with a smile on your face most of the time yeah like that's it if they um, sustainable just means that you enjoy it like what are, the example i give for sustainability is protein with whey protein all right most people can have whey protein but what happens with some people is that they'll try it and they will try it in a way where it's inconvenient for them to have it. Inconvenient is one. They don't like it very much. And um, that's it. They, it's inconvenient. They don't like it. So because of that, you know, the chances of them taking it consistently go way, way, way down. So you got to make it convenient for yourself to eat like this. And you got to actually enjoy it as well. So if you have a protein shake that you uh, don't like, it's a bad flavor, and you leave your tub of protein at the back of the press, or you have to move a load of stuff out of the way to do it, 
it's like it's almost like you're invested in forgetting about taking it like uh so if you but let's say you flip it let's say we flip that scenario where you have a protein that you actually like okay the, the stuff we sell here i think is absolutely delicious i went through like a load of different proteins before didn't like most of them when i say didn't like them i was like eh, i could take it or leave it now this one the one we have now is absolutely delicious all the flavors. i've tried all the flavors now i wouldn't recommend it some because i was like oh, i only tried these three flavors these are the ones i recommend these because i tried them and i like them www.fightingcondition.com buy them on our shop um but i wouldn't recommend the ones that i didn't taste because i didn't try them yet and i like all of them, all of them but i have a sweet to it and these are pretty sweet um the one i'm on now at the moment is vanilla ice cream and if i like when i finish a workout Right, I literally can't wait to get home, get my protein, get my oat milk, put it in, blitz it up, blend it so it's nice and fluffy. And when I do it, it tastes like I'm drinking a melted ice cream. Like, if if you don't like that, I don't know what's wrong with you, but that post workout and I get so I like it. It helps me get people to keep me full, keep me satisfied, stops you from snacking, all that sort of stuff. It's excellent, and I think I, uh, I agree. So, but but I think it's important to understand the difference between that uh, versus leaving it in the back of your press, Joe, with one that you don't like, where you don't actually want to take it, you have to force yourself to take it. Whereas one, I'm actually pulled to go do it, and the other one, I am like almost like having to use willpower to do it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I, I agree. This is it. This is it. The, the key is to obviously both get very good at utilizing willpower, but also never relying solely on willpower, like making it enjoyable. If it's not enjoyable, it's like what happens on the day where the willpower is just not there. We all get days like that. And again, over time, David Goggins mode activated, you know, you can just overwrite that and just do it. And just do it. Get it done. Stop bullshit and stop crying. It's like, but it's like, that's all well and good. But it's like, if you're not in the practice of doing that and like you haven't done that for a long period of time, it's probably not going to happen. This is why we kind of use the, the, the term most people. Like, again, I would put myself in that category. It's like, I'm not there yet where I can just willpower myself through everything. It's like, this is why, you know, the, ter- the term hacks and all this kind of stuff come in and building good habits. Make it so it's not a conscious effort 24 7, 365. Jesus fucking Christ. Who could do it? You know, it's like, make it easier on yourself. And sorry, Chris. Just moving swiftly along because we kind of stuck on diets there and fads. Do you have any kind of fitness fads you want to talk about? Um, fitness fads, fitness fads. Fitness fads. <laughs> uh, the only one that's really coming to mind right now is hit high intensity interval sessions. I think um, the horror monitors were a little bit of a fad. Um, they're still useful. Uh, what else? Um, depends, depends on who. It depends on who they're for. To be fair. Yeah, like, exactly. Fitness right there. Let's talk about fucking. Let's talk about Fitbits and Apple Watches and stuff like that. Because I think that's that's a fad that's sticking. That's just sticking. Okay, but right. How much? How much useful information do you get out of a out of a Fitbit? My steps. I love it. That's it. That's it. Right. And and the time and a stopwatch and a timer. All okay. Right? Excellent. Excellent. Everything else as a trainer is useless. I think the heart, the yeah, horror monitor you get, huh? Oh yeah, the horror monitor. I that. The horror monitor you get with it on your wrist is not accurate. Um, I think uh, all the little apps and all the other stuff, you know, for tracking your sleep and all this sort of crack, I don't think is actually helpful at all. Um, I don't think it will help you sleep better. I think it just monitors like movement or whatever it is on your on your wrist. And I think the way it does it is like it's like a poor sort of implementation. But what I do think is. The step tracker on it is really good. If it is a GPS for your run, that's also pretty good. Um, and using it as a timer and a stopwatch is also really good. That's it. That is it. That's all they're good for. I don't that's think they're good not. for really. 
Huh? It's enough. Yeah, but when your people are buying them, Joe, they'll have uh, like they'll pay like six hundred quid for a brand new Apple Watch, for it to be a Fitbit or for it to be basically a pedometer, which is no. I know what you're saying, but like you know, some of them have some pretty cool you know phone integrated technology. Like you know, you can read your text message, you maybe call somebody off it, you get your notifications. It's kind of like no, don't get wrong, it's still wild of a price to pay for features like that. But I mean, people have spent a lot less, a lot more, and a lot less. Yeah, yeah. Again, I, I, I could like again. I would definitely recommend everybody get some kind of Fitbit or Apple Watch. Like, I'll one hundred percent be making the shift from Fitbit to Apple Watch now, in the next twelve to fourteen months. Um, once my once my Fitbit kicks up, just because it's it integrates my phone. I like the the three rings idea that they have. You know, I love the fact that it integrates with the phone. You know, so, so what, what do you think about what do you think about it telling you, Joe, how many calories you have left? Because it burns so much, you're going to work out. Well, so again, here, that's a great point. And it goes on to the, some of the other stuff that you said. It's like, I don't mind something that's consistently wrong. Okay, okay, go on. Not, not, not consistently wrong in terms of like the very, the very, the variance are, you know, too sporadic. Yeah, I, think it, I, I think I know what you're saying. It's off by 20%. If, yeah, if, if it tells me on average I burn 2,400 calories every day, but in reality, you know, I'm burning. 2,900 calories or 2,000 calories or whatever it is. It's like, I'll just use that now as my new activity set point. I'll, you know, track my calories against that. And then there you go. I've got something to work off. You know, so I know, I know if I was active or inactive. The same as like a, a weighing scales. If I get on a weighing scales and it's, it's not, you know, tuned to the fucking gravity of the earth properly, you know, it's like, and it's reading me as 75 and I'm actually 74.2. It's like, it, it, I don't care as long as I'm using that one consistently and I know that that number is down over the course of a six-week period. Like, it's something that's, like, again, same as your watch. Like, I don't know. I, 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 For all I know, my Fitbit could be off by 5,000 steps. I have the clue. I've never counted. One, two, three. But it's like, but it's if it's wrong, it's consistently wrong. And so, again, I've got, a, I've got a batting average to work off. And so, again, anything that is consistently showing up as something I don't really care what the real data is as long as I have now a, a number to work off that's you know semi accurate or semi consistent even it doesn't even need to be accurate just consistent mm. because that that gives you it gives you a wall it gives you a line it does it does so so go on do you vent that on Fitbits or Apple watches uh, Fitbits or Apple watches uh, no no but what I was gonna do was move on to um journaling and food journals and how mind fleeting is a fad that should probably stay is that is that a fad diet is that a fad but it's, not, it's not really a thing it's like a thing to if someone's trying something new oh i seen this online i wanted to start mind fleeting you know and then they'll start doing something like that there as a, and this will be the thing that they look for to cure all their problems i think actually that's an important point as well to like with fads and the reason fads um come up is because you know they're sold like they're sold to you because they're like here's all the benefits if you don't do this you're basically doing everything else wrong and once you do it it will solve all your problems have you have you ever done anything like that though like for talks when i started pilates i just thought pilates was the answer to everything when i started running i thought running was the answer to everything when i started doing yoga i thought yoga was the answer to everything when i started hitting my protein i thought the protein was the answer to everything when i started mm -hmm. doing cold showers i thought cold showers was the answer to everything Actually, that's a good example, right? That's exactly what I'm talking. That's exact. That's how stuff is like marketed to people. Here's the answer yeah, to everything. But 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 again, I I don't believe I don't think that it's necessarily wrong. <laughs> you know, it's like it's kind of like it's like once you start doing something that starts giving you a crazy amount of pro progress, 
and you start feeling like you're making progress, like that has a an outward effect on everything. Like one of my favorite quotes is the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So it's like if you can really dig in deep into your watch and be super consistent with it and use that as a base to build off, 100%. If you can do the same with a carnivore diet, like if you can start, like if you can get disciplined enough to eat a carnivore diet or a vegan diet, you know, it's like the outward effect of that is like, well, now you're the kind of person that follows a diet. You know, now you're, you know, that'll probably lead you to get your steps. It'll probably lead you to get more hydrated. And another thing with all these kind of fads is, a, you know, an interesting kind of idea of like the honeymoon period is that once you kind of start something new, you know, it's like you enter this period of like, ah, oh, this is amazing. Oh, all the benefits. And like for talks, like, like you start a carnival diet, the weight drops dramatically for, you know, three, four weeks, the vegan diet, you know, you get more energy for bum, bum, bum or whatever like that. Because again, you've, you've stepped away from an old problem and into a new solution. And although that new solution might not have everything you need, it has more in it than you had at the time. Yeah. And so the distance between that is massive and you go, this is fixing everything. Yeah, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. I was gonna, I was gonna make that case um, earlier about fads being a, a good thing as well, and to help people get motivated to make change, and that could be the stepping stone that they take to actually start their journey. So, like someone you know, with the fads running, Joe, you know, they want to start running. That could be the thing that helps them lose ten stone. Yeah. Someone starts keto could be the thing that, like, the thing, you know, like, um, what's healthy is really important as well. So, like. In general, here's a this is a good analogy. I seen it online the other day, um, which is like if you switch from regular Coke to Diet Coke, all right, you've made a healthier decision. So is so is Diet Coke healthy? It's like in that scenario, yeah. But if you switch from like just regular water to Diet Coke, is that a healthier option? It's like it might not necessarily be. Do you get me? Because the, like the the creme de la creme is like water. Do you get me? And it it all works in the scale. But like switching to drinking Diet Coke over regular coke is better because there's less calories and less sugar you don't get that, that insulin spike and all that stuff versus you know, going back from from water to introducing diet coke you get all the extra chemicals and all that jazz all the uh, artificial flavors and all that jazz which uh, there is an argument to be made that those are really bad for you there's also an argument to be made that they're not bad for you at all i would say you know the goal should be just drink water um but you know if you want to have a diet coke every now and then that's a better decision than having an actual coke does that make sense yeah i'm so, any other fads? Any other fads? Uh, uh, fasting. That's another one. Fasting. Intermittent fasting. Fasting. I knew. So, you love you love a fast. I, I've done a five-day fast before. Intermittent fasting is a really, really good tool uh, to use. I think um, the benefits of it are, uh, like, oversold to people. But if it helps people reduce their caloric intake and they were over-consuming, I think that's a good decision. What do you think is over overstated about fasting? Um, so what is overstated? Like all of the all the benefits that come with fasting, I think come from calorie restriction and you don't actually have to fast to do it, except for maybe the benefits of like, you know, like I don't have to make an extra meal, stuff like that there. So um like it you know, have more energy, you'll have more energy if you you stop over consuming, you don't be as lethargic. Um the you start losing weight, you, your skin gets better, Joe. You sleep better. You're not. You don't have as bad indigestion, all that sort of stuff. Like I think all the all the benefits come from just eating less food in general. It's funny. It's funny you say that because fasting is almost like a state of mind, right? Mm-hmm. And I like I've often felt like that in the fast. Like if I'm like 
a day and a half into a fast. I'm like, if I literally just had a banana right now, like I know that the benefits would continue. I, I don't just at a sheer principle, but I'm just kind of like, you know, it's like, like an apple, like if I just made a great decision right now and had like something that I know is fantastic for me, like if I just, oh, like I'm stuck, I just want, just give me one slice of salmon. It's like, that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, in fact, it's probably a great thing for me. But mm-hmm. it's like, like I said, it's like, yeah, it's like that fasting state of mind really opens up like this new sense of kind of like, I'm going to try and make great decisions here. And like you said, it's like, I can feel all the benefits regardless. And I know like if I just eat this salmon and then continue on with the fast, it's like, have I really broken the fast and the autophagy? Probably not, like to be fair. Like, like, no, you would eat it with it. If you eat something, you've definitely broken your fast. Oh, no, 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 no. But yeah, but it's like you could just you could just pick up your fast from the meal ends and continue on, and then the benefit of the cycle would just repeat, and then it's only like 12 or 18 hours before it all starts happening again. It's like that salmon, like, you know, in terms of the the great process that is your life, is like, did that do worse or anything? It's like, no, it's like, what 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 is what is causing you harm? is all the crap that you know you shouldn't be eating. Like, again, like the donuts consistently, the pizza consistently, the, the hydrogenated trans fats, the chips, the beers, the pints, the wine, the shots, the lack of sleep, the lack of water. You know, that, I, think, that, I think it's really good. I think um, it's really good to have, like, to use fasting as, like, a shut-off time because you're on about the mindset as well, especially with um, just straight off the bat eliminating a load of bad habits. And so, like, let's say eating in the evening, snacking eating unconsciously in front of your tv not even being aware of you know how much food you're consuming just eating for the sake of it basically because you have something to watch on tv and it'll give you something to do if you have if you're fasting let's say and like i'm only allowed to eat from 12 o'clock till six o'clock in the day my main meal dinner is at around four o'clock or five o'clock and then you just commit to the principle of like i don't eat after six um well then you eliminate all that unhealthy like unhealthy uh, snacking in the evening you know just it's gone straight away do you know how many uh, people we talk to whose issue is just snacking? Yeah, yeah, loads, loads. But it, like, but like, why, why the snacking? What are they looking for? Like, they're usually with bad habits, they're, they solve a problem. And I think most people don't understand that the problem that they're trying to solve, like the thing, the bad habit that they are doing, is solving a problem. They yeah, just beat course. themselves up yeah. for doing the bad habit, and they don't understand. And if they knew what the what problem they were trying to solve, if they really, really understood that they would. Be able to come up with a different solution that solves the problem better so they don't have to do it anymore but because it's worked so well for them so far they like hold on to it and they're like no this is working for me this is really helping me be enjoying my evenings <laughs> and it makes the movie better and, and and even just how ingrained it can be in your brains is that sometimes you know you can have a better solution you know quote unquote better you know in terms of longevity and all that kind of stuff and then still go back to the other thing because it also solves the problem yeah and <laughs> it's, it's, like a lot of the times, a lot of the times, it's convenience. So yeah. convenience is the reason why they would go back because they already have like that habit that's a ingrained in their brain. They have the stuff there in their house. So they have the little cue routine reward for you know getting the biscuits out of the press with your cup of tea and you're moving. You sit down. It's I do, and I like my wee cup of tea and I like my couple of biscuits or whatever it is. Like if that's what you do and you're you're happy with it, well then keep keep doing it. But if it's getting in the way of your goals and you, you know, you're beating yourself up about it, being like I can't stop. Well, then it's like it becomes a problem guys we could literally sit here all day we are talking machines especially when it comes to fitness and fat loss and all things in the industry like we literally live and breathe this stuff we love it so much and more than that we love talking about it so if you like this podcast make sure that you check out the rest of the podcast guys are on spotify 
We have lots of material out there. We've got a new podcast coming out every week with either myself and Chris or myself and Stephen or Stephen and Chris and Stephen and me, whatever it is. If you like this podcast, guys, I would just like to say follow us on our socials because we've got lots more content on health, fitness, exercise, fat loss, food, all that kind of crack. And so, again, we'd really appreciate it if you drop us a like and a follow. It makes all the difference to us. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Chris, who's already gone off the call. And I will see you guys in the next one. Peace. Peace.